You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Centers, Pastors Scott and Tina Witwan. See, the devil wants to put us in bondage. Just before I have Jared do this, go to Matthew 4.23. It says in Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. There's a song that goes, Shackled by a heavy burden, Neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, And now I'm no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my You sent your son to cleanse us, to heal us, to touch us, to make us whole. No longer are we burdened with the shackles of sin, of sickness, of debt, and unbelief. Hallelujah. We have been made whole, and we will sing your praises throughout eternity. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in us. We're talking about the gospel. See, the gospel is a yoke 
destroying, burden-breaking, burden-lifting message. It's a message of hope for all mankind. This word gospel in the Greek is evangelion. It's where we get the word evangel. This is where we get that work, you know, evangelist. Someone who is supposed to go and, and tell about the good news. Literally, that's what the word translated from Greek to English means, the good news. But you know, when we're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're talking about news that is too good to be true. Too, too good to be humanly true. No human could ever facilitate what Jesus did. I mean, think about it. If they could, they would. But they couldn't. It took God. It took the Holy Spirit coming on a young girl named Mary, overshadowing her to start the process. So this is, we're talking about the gospel. It's news that's too good to be humanly possible. So let's review a little bit. We've seen that the, the gospel is the power. The gospel is dunamis power. It's explosive. It's mighty power. And if you're a believer who's baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are baptized with power. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. We receive salvation. We receive deliverance. We receive protection, safety, and we receive health. And we received the authority to heal. You did. We have the authority to heal. Well, I thought it was only God. God doesn't do a thing on this earth without you. If God could have done it without having to have a man on the earth, he wouldn't have needed Jesus. But see, Adam sold us into sin. He, he transferred the lease on this world to sin, to Satan. And so God couldn't just come. See, God is a God who does things lawfully. Why? Because he's just. He believes in justice. You've heard me say it before. He doesn't believe in fairness. There's nothing fair about the way things work in this world. But God is a God of justice. So he does things legally. So he, it, Jesus had to come legally into this world. That's why he had to be both man and God. He couldn't just be God. But he gave us the authority to heal. This gospel of Christ, this news that's so good it's beyond humanly possible, gives favor to us. And we talked about how the favor of God is to surround us like a shield. 
to surround us like a shield. I'm looking at some of you, and you're probably not gamers. You know, you probably, you're at that age where you probably don't sit at home and game all day. But you know, when you get one of those awards or prizes or treasures in the video game, and you get the shield, it surrounds you. It doesn't matter what side the enemy attacks from, whether it's from the back or the side or the front. You've got a shield that surrounds you. God's favor surrounds us like a shield. I love the favor of God. The favor of God is the winning edge in this world. It gives you the jobs that other people may be qualified for, but you get. It gives you the business opportunities that others should get, but come to you. The favor of God brings checks in the mail that you weren't expecting. I love the favor of God. And it surrounds us like a shield, if we'll believe. The gospel is the power of God to those who live by faith. That's that's what the Bible says. It is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God to those who are willing to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder. He is the one that gives us favor. He's the one that is our our sword and our shield. He's our hiding place. So before I start the lesson this week, let me ask you these three questions once again. First, what about the gospel? What about the gospel drew you? And secondly, what about the gospel kept you? What about the gospel kept you? And thirdly, what about the gospel has given you a vision for your future? Those are important questions we need to ask. Jesus, I came because I had no hope. Jesus, I came because... I was going to die in, in, in drugs and alcohol. And Jesus, you delivered me. That's why I came, Jesus. And Jesus, I've stayed because you've always been faithful. You've always been there. Every time I've stepped out in faith, the waters turned solid. And I was able to walk in places that... Otherwise, I couldn't, Lord. That's what kept me. And, Lord, you've given me a vision for this world. You've given me a vision to win souls. You've given me a vision to build disciples. You've given me a a, a vision to build a business, to finance the kingdom. You've given me a vision to be something that, that that, that they told me I could not be. These questions are important to us as believers. This gospel. This gospel is meant to be shared with all people. It's supposed to be shared through our messages, through our speech, through our lives, and through signs and wonders. That's what this gospel is for. It's for the sharing. It's for the communicating. It's for the living. It was not given to you to take home, to seclude, to keep to yourself. 
Go with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I want to read this from the Amplified Version. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race. See, the commission of Jesus to us as believers was to do. Was to do. Most Christians, and I separate Christians from believers. You know that. Most Christians, they just want to go in and warm a pew on Sunday. Go home and feel like they did their Christian service. We made the pastor feel good because the numbers are up this week. But that's not what the gospel's about. The gospel is not a spectator sport. The gospel is meant to be lived. The gospel is meant to be communicated. The gospel is meant to be shown. And Jesus said if we would go to every person, he would go with us in power. Jump down a couple verses here. Let's go down to Mark 17 and 18. And it says, and these signs. Now, let's just just stop right there. Where this word signs is, you can literally write in miracles. And these signs. I like the word miracles better. And it's a proper Greek interpretation. Because when we think about signs, we got signs everywhere. They're not very, you know, signs aren't very impressive. Came in the door, we had signs about the upcoming vacation Bible study. We got signs down on the road. There's speed limit signs, there's freeway signs, signs everywhere. But there are not miracles everywhere. And these miracles will follow those who believe. So let me stop right here. If miracles aren't following you, you need to check your believing. Now, don't you all say amen at one time. But if signs and wonders and miracles aren't following you, you need to check your believing. Because it says these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Cast out any demons lately? Is that a Holy Ghost silence? Hallelujah. I mean, this is supposed to be routine. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's good news. This word recover really is kind of weak also. And I do believe that that the healing process many times is a recovery process. You heard Pat's testimony. For 50 years, she suffered. Can you imagine that? 19 days out of the month. That's almost every other day, a migraine headache. When she had her her migraines. But see, she realized, these ain't my, my, my migraines. And the devil's getting so tired of being rejected from her, he only tries to hit her a couple times a month now. Because she says, ain't mine. I ain't taking them. I ain't taking this. 
anymore. But the Greek word here is echo. Strong's Greek number 2192. It literally is have or to be. It's used 712 times in the New Testament. As a verb, it's better translated to have. What does that mean? It means when we lay hands on the sick, they are to have health. They are to have it. Not only are they recovering, man, they are to have it. They are to have it now. I mean, you read the Gospels. How many times did Jesus lay hands on somebody and then go back three months later to see if they finally got it? No. They're to have. Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall have it. They shall have health. They shall have wholeness. Now go with me over to 1 Peter 2.24. Quoting Isaiah 53, chapter 53 and verse 5. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you someday, no, you were healed. You were healed. If you were, you are. And so we got Christians all over the world trying to get healed, trying to get their healing, going to healing crusades. There's nothing wrong with healing crusades. I traveled for two and a half years with Brother Hen doing healing crusades across Canada and in the U.S. We do a healing service every month. There, there's nothing wrong with wanting sickness to abate, to go, to leave. But if you're a believer, you were healed. I was just watching Miracles on the Mountain at Eagle Mountain in Fort Worth, Texas. And people coming to the healing line. I need to be healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says you already were. So let's think about this. The Great Commission, Mark 16, which we read in Matthew 28 is about the benefit of the person who yet does not believe. He is searching for something. It's for the unbeliever. See, we, the believers, are supposed to be going laying hands on the sick, the unbelievers. That was a commission to build the kingdom of God. But I will tell you, when most of the sick praying happens in the charismatic churches, it happens inside the church. For them who were healed. Now, I want everybody well. I told you I want to put doctors out of business. I want to put migraine doctors out of business. I want to put cataract doctors out of business. I want to put cancer doctors out of business. I mean, I love them, but they can go find something else to do. They're smart people. But here in 1 Peter 2.24, it's all about those who believe. Those who have already received. See, if you believe, if you are a believer, 
and therefore you are healed, you are not going to be. You're not going to get it. You're not going to receive. And you're not waiting on it. You have it. It's done. It's done. Now, I want to I try to, to clear this up with, with an example. First off, I want to start with, in this example, I want to start with the illegitimate impeachment proceedings against the President of the United States a year and a half ago. Now, some of you are going to go, oh, man, he is being political. He called that impeachment illegitimate. No, I'm speaking from a legal perspective. Illegitimate from a legal perspective, not from a political bias perspective. You had one political party who did not like his skin color, the way he combed his hair, or the way he spoke. I heard, I've heard all three of those. Okay, but stay with me here. Impeachment is a political process. Let's make no bones about it. The party that impeached the president had every right to impeach the president for legitimate legal causes. Our Constitution is very clear on what those are and how it operates. So they drew up articles of impeachment. The House sends them to the Senate. And then they request for a judge to preside over the impeachment trial. But the Supreme Court of the United States says, no, what you're doing is illegitimate. We are not going to sit for this impeachment trial. Unlike the previous impeachment trial, which they deemed legitimate and sat over. Okay, you still with me? So the prosecution, which is the people who brought the articles of impeachment, decide since the judge won't sit over the trial, we'll just take one of us and make him the judge. So they became the prosecutor and they became the judge. Had they convicted him, it would have been unenforceable for no due process. Why? There was no legitimate judge. Because where would have the, the renderings of that case gone to? They would have gone to the Supreme Court. Right? And the Supreme Court has already said, we ain't sitting over this thing. All right, so you with me so far? Let's take it a step further. Make it a little bit more personal, okay? Let's say that you leave church here today, turn off onto Warner Road, and you get pulled over by the police. Police come up to your car and say, well, you step out of the car, you get out of the car, they put you in handcuffs, and they cart you off to jail, and there you are. And you're like, I haven't done anything. You're arrested, though. And then tomorrow, on Monday, the prosecutor decides that even with no crime or no evidence of it, no violation of law, that they're going to have an arraignment. They're going to bring you before a judge and arraign you. 
So they filed a criminal complaint before the court, and the judge refuses to hear the case. Why? There's no cause. The judge refuses to sit and hear the arraignment. So what does the prosecutor decide to do? He decides he'll act as the judge also. Well, now we've got precedence of it, right? The Senate did it. So now you've got the prosecution being the prosecutor and being the judge. Even if convicted, it would be unenforceable for no due process. Why? No legitimate judge. You with me so far? Okay, I'm going to bring this back around. We'll bring, we'll bring this horse back into the barn here eventually. Tomorrow, just think about this. Tomorrow, tomorrow you wake up and your body or your doctor arrest you. They decide, or your body decides, you're sick, call it what you will. Doctor says, hey, you've got cancer, you've got heart disease, you've got the Wuhan flu, whatever it is. Whatever it is, the diagnosis is you are sick. And the prosecutor of this world even decides, even though you aren't guilty, to prosecute this case of sickness against you. He files a sickness complaint against you. And most people, and I will say most Christians, right here enter a plea bargain agreement. The devil has deemed you sick. The doctor has deemed you sick. Your body has deemed you sick, and you get into a plea agreement. You say, well, it's my diabetes. It's my migraines. It's my heart disease my cancer, it's my sickness. And the case goes no further. Because you know what? When you enter a plea, plea agreement, you are voluntarily saying, yep, I agree with the charges. I agree with the charge made against me. So then the case is settled. Here's what I say. Make the devil file the case. Make him present his case in the courtroom. Make him make it official. Why? Because the judge will not show up for the hearing. I'm telling you right now. Satan may declare you guilty, and he may act as prosecutor. He may even sit as judge in judgment. But he, and he may even convict you, but it'll be unenforceable because of due process. Because he is not a legitimate judge. Jesus already sat over your case, and he said, by his stripes, you were healed. And that's exactly the same process. The devil cannot be prosecutor and judge. And yet the church stands around agreeing to all of his prosecutory attempts taking ownership of things that Jesus already paid for. He's not a legitimate judge. 
So make him prosecute the case. Bring, I'm like, bring that one before Jesus. Let's see how far that goes. And then you get out your scripture. The Bible says he blessed my food and water and takes sickness away from the midst of me. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Ruffle, my healer. He says that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon his back. And by his stripes I am healed. We take the word. The prayer of faith will save the sick. We take the word and we I'm, I'm willing to fight that battle in court. You bring your case. I've got my defense. You bring your case. I have my defense. I remember when the doctors in 2003 told me I'd never walk right again. I brought my defense. The Bible says, if I say unto the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, do not doubt in my heart. But I believe. Jesus went on to say that to him who believes, all things are possible. I refuse to believe the accusations. Because I understand how the legitimate process of justice works. God is a just God. Make the devil prosecute his case. Jesus has already judged the devil. And he's already judged sickness. No sense that I should be paying the price and the punishment for it. Neither should you. You're a believer, believe. He himself bore, his, bore our sin in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness. By whose stripes I am. I'm healed. I'm healthy. You can use this in any area of your life. I've used it, man. The devil has... Trust me, the devil has brought some charges against me in the area of finances over the years. You know, my wife and I made our first million when we were in our late 20s and went into full-time ministry. Gave it all away, spent it. You know, and then the devil says, see? Nope, I got a covenant. He's done it before, he'll do it again. Had people come at us with accusations. But you know what? When the devil comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God comes in. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, this news is too good to be humanly possible. This news is too good to be humanly possible. It is divinely possible, though. And I'm a child of the Most High. See, I live under a different set of rules. See, I live according to the kingdom of God. There's a whole different set of rules. Matthew 6.10, he said, His will is that things be done on earth just like they are in heaven. Well, there is no sickness in heaven. Somebody said, well, you know, God gave me this cancer to teach me something. I've checked with heaven. They got no cancer. I don't know where you got it, but you didn't get it from there. 
Glory be to God. Go with me to Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. You know, some of you ought to take your Bible, circle that, and then right above it, write your name in there. How God anointed Eugene of Queens with the Holy Spirit and power. You mean write in my Bible? Yeah, if you can't write in that one, go buy one you can. And start praying it that way. How God anointed Scott and anointed him with power and the Holy Spirit. You start to make the Bible real to yourself. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Well, God's with you, isn't he? So go around and start healing some people who've been oppressed by the devil. You've got the power. You've got the authority. You know, we were in the fireworks stand talking a little bit about this you know, just a couple days ago. I am so glad that the pressure isn't on me. You know how hard that would be coming in here on a Sunday morning, the last Sunday of every month, going, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to heal people. I don't know a thing. Now, Mark and Michelle, they're doctors. They're, they're, they're natural doctors. They understand the natural process, how the body works. You know, I can understand that they've got some... I don't know one thing about healing kidney disease. Thank God it's not about me. I could come in and heal because he has given me the authority to. I love Acts chapter 4. And he said, and Lord, stretch out to your heel, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It takes all the pressure off me. My job then is in the believing, not in the doing. I was listening again to Brother Jesse DePlanis. And he's, he's just a who. And he said when the Lord spoke to him to get his first airplane, he said he couldn't even afford to put fuel in his 1974 Toyota. He said it had a 10-gallon tank and fuel was 9 cents a gallon. He couldn't afford to fill it up. God spoke to him. And then God said something to him that changed his life. Changed my life, too. The Lord spoke to him and said, I asked you to believe for it, not to pay for it. See, my job's in the believing. That's how I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's why the miraculous power of God operates inside people's lives when I lay hands on them. is because my job is the believing Jesus already did the, the hard work. He did that on the cross. He paid the price. And then gave me a command. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes will be saved. He who does not will be condemned. He says, if you drink anything deadly, I'll protect you from it. Don't worry about it. Cast out demons. Speak in new tongues. And I do. And he said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. Let me close with this story. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 16. It says, Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, 
And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed of your infirmities. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. See, that's, that's the gospel message right there. It's for the lost world, the world that isn't part of the kingdom, to bring them in. To show them that God loves them and doesn't want them burdened with sickness and disease. But the ruler of the synagogue, the religious leader, he answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said to the crowd, there are six days which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on one of them and not the Sabbath. Now, Jesus answered a little better than I would have, but I would have said this lady has been coming six days a week for 18 years. He ain't done nothing for her. Right? She ain't got nothing. It's probably not real good English, but you get the point. But the Lord answered them and said, You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Don't each one of you take the Sabbath, loose his ox and his donkey from the stall, and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed of the bonds on the Sabbath? See, that's good news. That's the good news that I came to share today. It's the good news that I want to share with the world. It's the good news that I want to share, that, that Jesus came to set man free. And if you're here today and you're struggling with any infirmity in your body, any sickness, anything, I want to lay hands on you. Remember, this is a process. When we get saved, we start at point A. Every day growing, every day progressing, every day getting there. I told you, I want to put doctors out of business. I want there to be some day when every member of this congregation can declare that not only am I healed, but I am symptom free. The devil may try, but he has no authority. There's nothing that he can get in me. I'm believing for that day. Because when that day happens in the, to, the, to the church here in America, it will literally provoke this world to jealousy. We'll now be able to show the power and demonstration of the gospel. No longer just words, but the demonstration of the power of the gospel of Christ. So if you need prayer this morning, I'm, I'm going to invite you to come now. I'm just going to join my faith with yours. Thank you, Lord. Just slide this back, Richard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He touched me.
So I want to I want to quickly reference a couple things. Okay, it's, it's basically what Pastor Tina is ministering right now on the altar. The first one, uh, you know, we're not to give any place to the devil, right? I can tell you that I have been places and seen God miraculously heal people by His power. Gone back to that same church and seen people living ungodly lifestyles and in the same boat they were in when God touched them. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. In Romans 6, 1 and 2, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? many of you that are watching by live stream and I'm going to pray for you but I I want you to understand something that God has given us the responsibility of his word you can't sit around eating coconut cream pie all day and wondering why you got fat you know what I mean we have some responsibility now the grace of God will carry us a long way But to know to do good and not do it, the Bible is sin. So we need to get in the Word. Find out what the Bible says about our lives. You know, exercise isn't a bad thing. There was a time in the church when I would look around and I'd say, well, obviously this whole congregation thinks exercise is a bad thing. We've got to take some responsibility. Jesus has given us authority. With authority comes responsibility. Amen? God is so good to us. Father, I thank you for everyone who's watching my live stream or on recorded. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are touching now. Father, every bone, every joint, every vessel, I thank you, Father. I curse scoliosis. I curse glaucoma. I curse heart disease. I curse cartilage tears. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer of all of them. Every name that is named is under you. And I thank you that every need is met physically, financially, and spiritually in Jesus' name. You need to receive it. When the woman with the issue of blood got hold of Jesus, he didn't say, woman, you are so lucky today. My faith has healed you. No, he said, woman, your faith has made you well. You need to lay hold on that which God has laid hold of you. Receive it. Walk in it. Live it. Experience it. And share it with the world. Amen. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwab. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, According to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480 480- That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.